You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Just an insurmountable comeback as we welcome you into Marlins. Rewind, Steven Strom here. A very good Monday morning to you. I just... I, I'm passing along to Kyle Seeloff for the recap, as always. He'll describe and try to capture everything that we saw on a special Sunday afternoon at Lone Depot Park. I have no idea how they continue to do it, but they do. And the Miami Marlins storm back down 7-3 to in the bottom of the ninth inning this afternoon against the New York Yankees in a rubber match here at Lone Depot Park. They score five runs on four hits in the bottom of the ninth inning. They collect their eighth walk-off victory of the season, their 27th one-run win. The Marlins now have 31 comeback victories in 2023, and they may very well have just ended the New York Yankees' 2023 season this afternoon. This is the 10th inning show with Jeff Nelson. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Nelly, we can break this thing down, but can you try to put into words for me what a win like this can do for this ball club? They had no business winning this game today. No, they didn't. They should have lost two out of three to the Yankees. What can do is you have a team coming in, the Houston Astros, give you great confidence going up against them. You, you know, this is a resilient team. This might be one of the best wins all year that I've seen from them to score five runs in the ninth inning. The Yankees had the best bullpen in baseball. And you score five runs off of them. They just do not quit offensively. The additions that Kim Eng made with Bell, Berger, Robertson. You have a rise, and you look what Skip Schumacher's doing as far as shuffling the lineup. You know, one day you have Soler leading off. That wound up working out in Cincinnati. Next thing you know, you mix it up a little bit, and, you know, Jazz is now leading off. You throw a rise in that three spot. That has worked out so far, so... You know, everything they've done, they push, they've pushed the right buttons, but this offense has just been resilient all year. They never feel that they're out of the game. Let's break down the bottom of the ninth inning. Yankees leading 7-3, to three, going to the bottom of the ninth inning, and Aaron Boone can't fault him. He brings in his closer in a non-save situation. That's Clay Holmes. He allows the double to Yuli Gurriel that was blistered off the wall in right center field. John Birdie strikes out. Nick Fortes collects an infield single. So you've got runners then at uh, first and second base with one out. Jazz Chisholm walks, and the bases are loaded. Fine. Josh Bell comes to the plate. He hits the ball off of Holmes. One run scores. Holmes trying to collect it out. He unleashes a ball to first base that was nowhere near Bowers. So two runs score on the error. And then Luisa Rice comes to the plate. He hits the two-run triple that ties it at seven. This is where, to me, Nelly, I think it's going to be a little controversial, and you can really break this thing down. They did the unintentional, intentional walk to Brian De La Cruz when Tommy Canley came into the ballgame. At that point, there's runners at first and third base with one out with Jake Berger coming to the plate. But this is, this is where I guess I'm a little confused. Why not walk Berger and set up an, an out anywhere with a five-man infield with Jesus Sanchez coming to the plate, he was 0 for 4 today. And, you know, he's been going good in August, but, you know, if you pitch well to him, you might be able to get him. Well, and if you walk the bases loaded, then you can go back to normal depth. I mean, you can go back to three outfielders. You can go back to your normal infield. And, you know, then you have a force out at any any base. 
Who's who besides Arise right now in this in this game? Who is swinging the bat the best during the season? This series? Jake Berger. Jake Berger. Every ball that he hit was blistered. He was two for four coming into that. It wasn't the any. It wasn't any little uh, you know dying quails over the infield. These were hard line drives. I mean, he had two doubles yesterday. He hit two bullets today, and and you're going to face their best hitter. A little uh, a little scratch of the head there. You know, you look. You had bases loaded, and the comebacker was a weak comebacker to Holmes off of Bell, and he turns the glove the wrong way, hits him in the stomach, and shoots off. And then he tries to make a hurry-up throw and can't get a grip on it, and he throws it away and almost hits Bell actually at first base. You know, it's just here's the other thing too, Nelly. Let me stop you right there because I said Jesus Sanchez was on deck. And he was, but he was pulled back. And Jorge Soler would have been batting with the right. bases loaded with one out. This is a, a guy that's been coming out of both ends the last couple of days here. I mean, he's got a stomach bug. He's got to feel awful. Well, and that's plus, a tough spot. Yeah, and plus you can take advantage because what Soler swings early in the count. I mean, he's swinging the first couple pitches. And you have Canely out there who's a ground ball pitcher. He's going to give you a change up away. And you wound up letting him face Berger. And they had a great game plan against Canely. They said, hey, he's going to throw you change-ups. Make sure you get it up. Make sure you elevate the change-up. Don't help him out. Well, what did Berger get? He got a change-up up in his zone that he smoked down the left field line for the game winner. Man, I don't, I, I don't know. Aaron Boone's going to have to face the uh, music downstairs with some of the decision-making there in the bottom of the ninth. Um, Boy, Nelly, it's funny because, I mean, you look at it. We, we, we'll talk about Yuri Perez here, but that didn't go all that well today. The, the Marlins were dead in the water. They were trailing 7-3 to three against one of the better closers in baseball going to the bottom of the ninth inning. I mean, the story here is really some of the Yankees' decision-making and the clutch hitting by the Marlins here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Let's talk about Luis Arise. I mean, the pitch that he ropes down the right field line in an 0-2 hole. I mean, look, I know we've said it all season long. But but that but that trade and for all of Pablo's success in Minnesota, it looks better by the day. There ain't many guys in baseball they're going to wrap that puppy down the right field line in an 0-2 count given the circumstances. No, and the order came up at the right time as well. I mean, you look at when Skip Schumacher put Solaire at the leadoff spot. It worked out on Tuesday in Cincinnati where he hit the two-run homer and the Marlins win 3-2. Well, it worked out again today when Arise now batting third for the second day in a row. It comes around, and he gets an 0-2 sinker on the inside part of the plate. The Yankees weren't playing no doubles. Bowers was off the line, the first baseman of the Yankees. It goes down the line and rattles around in that right field corner, allows Bell. Bell is going to have oxygen at the end of the game. He scored, what, twice today from first to third. Scores that tying run. I just don't got you, but you see it a lot of it around baseball. You don't see teams load the bases anymore with the winning run to go ahead, run a third. I don't why? know why. It doesn't matter. I, I don't get it either. But the one thing you you wonder is, okay, Berger's swinging the bat the best. Besides a rise, swinging the bat the best in this series, and you continue to face him. And I know Canely is a sinker baller. But, again, you know, I talked to Brant Brown before this series and said, you know what, Canely – we're going to have to get him up. We're going to have to elevate his fast, elevate the changeup. It's like a knuckleballer. Right? When it's low, let it go. When it's high, let it fly. And that's exactly what Berger did. He let the changeup get up. He, he wanted him to elevate it. He got an elevated changeup, and he hit down the line. You know, it was a huge loss for the Yankees, but an even better win for the Marlins because now they see themselves in that third wild card, and they have the Houston Astros, and the momentum is building for the Marlins. That would have been a tough tough way to lose two out of three of the Yankees with the Astros coming in. Now that you've won two out of three, 
you feel a little bit better about tomorrow night. Yeah, and you're back to five over, 500. And again, the schedule's not getting any easier, but we continue to talk about that. Marlins went in. They took two of three from Cincinnati. All of a sudden, they've won four of five. And in probable fashion, they take two of three from the Yankees this weekend. May 13, 2012, just a couple of months into this facility here in Miami, the last time the Marlins scored five runs in the ninth inning to walk off a ball game unbelievable the marlins beat the yankees by a final score of eight to seven this afternoon nelly before uh, i let you go and i'm sure we'll talk about this at length tomorrow on pregame and during the broadcast just your thoughts from a pitcher's perspective on yuri today because yuri perez goes four innings allows the four runs on four hits and waskar brazaban comes in behind him he allows three runs on two hits and two and a third again uh, two and two thirds excuse me but you know at, at, at one point here i mean this was a seven to two ball game yeah, well, 7-1 seven, one, seven, going one, to the bottom the of the six, six yeah. and then they score that run to make it 7-2. Wow. You know, it's the second outing in a row that you've seen teams sit on a, a Perez's fastball. Uh, they're spitting on his off-speed stuff, especially that second time around the lineup. They're making him throw his off-speed for strikes, and the first two outings off are being recalled. He has not been able to throw it for strikes, so they're sitting on the fastball. And I think I saw just a little bit, and I'm sure they're going to look into it, the Marlins, a little bit more as far as Iori tipping his pitches a little bit, uh, maybe doing some things different, especially in the full windup with his wrist, and maybe the hitters can pick it up. Not not really turning it as much with the fastball, and for the off-speed, he is turning it, especially some of the change-ups. He's really twisting that wrist, so they'll look into that more. But a lot of it is I have to get – the changeup, I have to get the curveball or slider over for strikes, and that makes his fastball even better. A devastating loss for the New York Yankees this afternoon and an improbable, uplifting victory for the Miami Marlins, who score five runs on four hits in the bottom of the ninth inning to beat the Yankees in walk-off fashion by a final score of 8-7. to seven. We'll have much more on it tomorrow, Nelly, but uh, drive home safely. We'll see you tomorrow night. Marlins and the Yankees, or uh, Marlins and the Astros, excuse me, at 640. Well, everybody's got a smile on their face, right? Woo. Wow. I guess so. That's Jeff Nelson. I'm Kyle Seeloff. This is the 10th inning show back here at Lone Depot Park this afternoon. Let's take a listen to all the highlights from this game today. And there were not a whole lot as it pertains to the Marlins until really late in today's festivities. Yuri Perez went opposite of Garrett Cole. And I'm telling you what, those boys are just a stinging down there in the visiting clubhouse right now. Yankees got on the board in the second inning with a man on base with one out. And the run coming courtesy of Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. 1-0 pitch is a shot into center field and the base hit. Jazz is on the baseball. Bader's going to try to score. It's an awful throw by Jazz that comes in towards the pitcher's mound. Guriel cuts it off. I don't know what happened with Jazz in center field. It's an RBI single for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. It's 1-0 New York here in the second. Yeah, I don't think that... And we can move along in this ball game to the top of the third, and that is when Giancarlo Stanton brought home Aaron Judge to make it 2-0. 3-2 pitch. Judge will take off again. There he goes, and the pitch is a line drive. Smash the left field. That's going to one-hop off the wall. Judge is really moving. De La Cruz picks the baseball up. It's into the relay man, Joey Wendell. He will not make a throw to the plate. It's a two-out RBI double for Giancarlo Stanton. And New York leads 2-0 here in the third. Well, this is a pitch. It was up. All right, well, 2-0 going to the bottom of the third inning this afternoon. And that's when the Marlins would start to crawl back into this ballgame. They got a leadoff single from Joey Wendell. And then after a walk to Jacob Stallings and a lineout by Jazz Chisholm Jr., Josh Bell wrapped into a fielder's choice. There were two outs, and Luisa Rise was at the plate. Here's a swing and a line drive into left field. A base hit for Luisa Rise. It's an RBI clutch. Two-out single here in the bottom of the third. It's 2-1 to one New York. 
But that's when things would really start to get away from the Marlins until really the bottom of the ninth inning. It was 2-1 to one New York. Going to the top of the fourth inning, and Yuri Perez was still out there for Miami. He allowed a leadoff single to Billy McKinney, and then after a flyout by Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Anthony Volpe just got all of one into the seats and left. Now the 1-1 pitch. And that is swung on. This is hit high and deep left field. Way back and gone. Volpe's gone deep for the second time in this series. Get a fastball out of here. It's 4-1 New York. Well, 4-1 to one at that point, and Yuri Perez worked four innings this afternoon, allowed four runs on four hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. After Garrett Cole allowed the run in the third, he would really settle in. It was 5-1 uh, to one after four, or check that, 4-1 to one after three and a half, but after the top of the fourth inning, going to the bottom of the fourth, it was 4-1 to one New York. It would stay that way until we went to the top of the fifth inning. Waskar Brazoban came into the ballgame for Miami. He walked Aaron Judge. Labor Torres reached on a fielder's choice. Giancarlo Stanton walked. Torres was at third. Stanton was at first. And a wild pitch would force home run number five. Here is Harrison Bader on the corners with one out. The first pitch gets by Stallings. Here comes Torres. A flip to Brazovan. Rolls all the way back to the mound. And a run scores on the wild pitch from Waskar Brazovan, who got tangled up with Glaber Torres at the plate. And now the Yankees lead 5-1. to one. Well, and this is what speed does for you. And, it really and then after Harrison Bader singled, Billy McKinney would drive home another. 1-0 pitch is a line drive. Arise flags it down, throws it to second for one. Relay to first is not in time. McKinney is safe at first. And that is a run knocked in for Billy McKinney, and now it's 6-1. to one. And it would become 7-1, to one, facing Waskar Brazoban, top of the sixth inning with one out, nobody on base. Ben Rortfett, the backup catcher, strolled to the dish. By a step. Ben Rortfett swings. High drive. Deep right field, and it's gone. Rortfett with a bomb. That's his fourth career homer. He hit three in 2021 with the Minnesota Twins. It's his first of the season. Now it's 7-1 New York. Yeah, he gets a first pitch cutter. And at that juncture is when the comeback was on for the fish this afternoon. Bottom of the sixth inning, Garrett Cole issued a leadoff walk to Josh Bell. Luis Arise then singled. And then after a strikeout by Brian De La Cruz, Jake Berger, who's been scorching hot, knocked home run number two. 0-1 oh, pitch is a smash through the right side to base hit. Griffin Benedict is going to wave Josh Bell around third. Throw comes in towards the plate. It's cut off by Jake Bowers. It's an RBI single for Jake Berger. It's his fourth multi-hit performance as a Miami Marlin. It makes it 7-2 New York here in the sixth. Yeah, really nice job by Berger. It was 7-2 after six. A.J. Puck came on in relief of Waskar Brazobon in the seventh. The Yankees did not score in the seventh. Neither did the Miami Marlins. In the eighth inning, Puck, after he got the out in the seventh, pitched a 1-2-3 perfect top of the eighth in a 7-2 ball game. A.J. Puck today went an inning in a third. He faced four batters. He struck out every last one of them. So A.J. Puck, an inning in a third, really nice to see from Puck because come to find out, those were all important outs. They're all important, but certainly very important, those four outs and four strikeouts from A.J. Puck this afternoon. It was 7-2 New York going to the bottom of the eighth inning. Wandy Peralta relieved uh, Garrett Cole, and he came on and worked a 1-2-3 In the bottom of the eighth, he issued a leadoff walk to Josh Bell, and then after Luis Arise lined out to Glaber Torres at second, Aaron Boone came out to get Wandy Peralta. He brought in Keenan Middleton, and the first man that he faced was Brian De La Cruz. 
The 1-2 is cracked on a line fair down the left field line for Brian De La Cruz. Bell is hustling, and now McKinney overruns the baseball in the corner. Bell's going to get the wave around third. He's going to score easily. It's a run-scoring double for Brian De La Cruz. Now it's a 7-3 ball game here at the bottom of the eighth. Well, a nice piece of hitting. He shortened up. His now, the Marlins would only get the one run there in the bottom of the eighth inning because Jake Berger struck out and Jesus Sanchez grounded out to end any further threat for Miami. But they did to get the one run on the one hit there in the bottom of the eighth inning. This was a 7-3 ball game after Jorge Lopez came on and worked a 1-2-3 perfect top of the ninth. 7-3 New York. Yankees on the verge of winning a series this afternoon against Miami going to the bottom of the ninth inning today. And Aaron Boone, sensing some urgency and obviously in desperate need of a victory, said, hey, I'm going to get my closer. That's Clay Holmes. There's no saving it for him, but I'm bringing him on here in the bottom of the ninth inning. So Holmes came on to face Yuli Gurriel, who was 0-3, but he doubled off the wall in right center field to lead off the bottom of the ninth. It was then John Birdie's turn at the plate. He struck out swinging. With Gurriel at second, with one out in the bottom of the ninth inning, Nick Fortes hit a dribbler back behind the mound and out behind second base. Volpe made a nice diving snag to his left, and he tried to pick himself up and throw the ball to first, but he was not quick enough to get the speedy catcher Nick Fortes. So the Marlins had runners at first and second base with one out in the bottom of the ninth inning. Jazz Chisholm was batting. He worked the count full. He drew a walk. The bases were loaded with one out. The Marlins were trailing by four in the bottom of the ninth inning, and this whole thing started with Josh Bell at the plate. 2-0, and and the pitch, ground ball hit. It's off of Holmes, picks it up, throws it to first, awful throw, two runs are going to score, Bell is safe at first, going to third is Jazz, the ground ball bounced off of Holmes, over towards third, Holmes grabbed the baseball, he unleashed a terrible throw to Bowers, the Marlins have played in two runs, and now they trail 7-5 to five with runners on the corners, here in the bottom of the ninth inning. It's an easy ground ball. Just a disastrous bottom of the ninth inning for Clay Holmes, who is out, or no, he stayed in after the Bell RBI reached on the E1, couple of runs scored. So as you heard, runners on the corners. There was one out in the bottom of the ninth inning. Luis Arise was at the plate. He had an opportunity to tie this ball game at seven, but he was stuck in an 0-2 count. The 0-2 pitch to Luis Arise is big. Fair down the right field line. Extra bases for score here comes the second one a rise on his way to third the Marlins have tied it here in the bottom of the ninth inning it's a four run bottom of the ninth in an 0-2 count a two-run triple for Luisa rise we're tied at seven wow are you kidding me unbelievable a rise tied it at seven Brian De La Cruz was then due up but Holmes was out Tommy Canley came into the ballgame for the Yankees. Canley facing De La Cruz gave him the old intentional, unintentional walk. So the Marlins had runners at first and third base in the bottom of the ninth inning with one out. Jake Berger was at the plate. But before we take a listen to this highlight, keep in mind that Berger was already two for four today. The runner at first, the only run that mattered was a rise. He was representing the game-winning run at third base. De La Cruz was at first. Jorge Soler came out to the on-deck circle. I cannot figure out for the life of me why the Yankees would not walk the bases loaded 
and face Jorge Soler, who's been sick as a dog with a stomach bug the last couple of days, and go after him. Maybe you strike him out. Maybe he hits a weak ground ball or a, a weak fly ball somewhere, and then the Yankees might be able to escape the bottom of the ninth inning, but the Marlins had scored four runs. A rise plated two with the RBI triple with one out. De La Cruz was at first after the walk. The Marlins had runners at first and third base, trying to win this ball game in walk-off fashion. Canely was facing Jake Berger. Can they walk him off? The 2-1 pitch to Jake Berger is swung on! Light drive! Left field! There's some magic in Miami! Jake Berger with a walk-off winner for the Marlins! They score five times in the bottom of the ninth inning! Oh, they're going crazy! What a win for the Marlins. What a game for Jake Unbelievable. I don't know how you even begin to sum it up. The Marlins with their 31st comeback victory of the season, their 27th one-run victory, now 27-9 in that department this year. They are now 8-3 in terms of walk-off ball games. Their eighth walk-off win in Miami this afternoon, their last was on August 2nd against the Philadelphia Phillies. Taking a look at the totals from this ball game here today for the Yankees. Seven runs, six hits, one error, six men left on base in that losing effort. And the one error obviously costly because if Holmes fields the ball cleanly off the bat of Josh Bell in the bottom of the ninth, there's a really good chance they turn two. It's probably just going to go 1-4-3 to end the ball game. And the Yankees have themselves a happy flight to Atlanta. Well, that obviously was not the case. The Marlins score five times on those four hits. For the Marlins, eight runs, 11 hits, no errors, and eight men left on base. Jorge Lopez is your winning pitcher. He's 6-2 today. The loser is Clay Holmes. He falls to 4-3. Started this ballgame at 141. We finished it at 449. Total time of game, 3 hours and 8 minutes. In front of a sellout crowd at Lone Depot Park this afternoon of 35,043 inside the air-conditioned comfort of Lone Depot Park. With the loss, the Yankees are now 60-58 this season. And this is not hyperbole. I'm telling you right now, the Marlins may have just put the final nail on the New York Yankees 2023 season coffin here today. Now for the Marlins in their victorious effort, they're back to five games over 500 at 62-57. and And I hate to spoil the out-of-town scoreboard for you, but the Reds and the Cubs both lost today. In improbable fashion, the Marlins beat the Yankees with a five-run bottom of the ninth inning, and they leapfrog both the Cubs and the Reds in the National League wildcard picture. The Marlins are now and will be going into tomorrow night's ballgame against the Astros in sole possession of that third-place wildcard spot in the National League. Unbelievable. 8-12-13. 13 13 strikeouts for Marlins pitchers this afternoon. $325 will be donated to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer. For every strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. All right, Kyle, thank you. Let's head down a list of what Skip Schumacher had to say after the comeback victory over the Yankees. Uh, Skip, what just happened? How would you describe that comeback and, and what the guys were able to just do? I think Berger and Bell are just part of the club now. Um, we've had a, some crazy walk-off ninth inning wins, come from behind wins all year, and um, these guys don't stop believing. I, it's just a, it's a thing in that clubhouse. It's a thing in the dugout. Um, the guys that we acquired, they believe in it. They, uh, there's just no no stock. We did that against some really good arms too. It wasn't just some guys that just some random bullpen arms i mean those two back end guys are, are real dudes and uh the fact that they did that um with yuli and you know bell obviously beating out that throw running hard down the line and 
I thought the De La Cruz at bat was excellent, passing the baton. You want to be the hero sometimes in that at bat. Um, and you know you want to be the guy. And for him to not expand and, and pass the baton, something that uh, Brownie talks about all the time, um, and give it to Berger and for Berger to to do that, uh, I mean, that was a that was an unbelievable win and um, just super super proud of those guys. You mentioned it. We, I mean, we've obviously seen the comeback magic throughout the course of the season. When could you start to feel in that bottom of the ninth when you guys were building that inning that okay? We, we've got a shot probably today. that bell at bat is mm-hmm. probably when you know because we've seen you know when hicks threw it away at the, at the cardinal game and then that happened and you're kind of like again when you do it earlier in the season you believe you can do it again and that's what's happening is you know, once we get something going um do i wish we wouldn't always wait to the ninth yeah that'd be <laughs> awesome um but uh, but a win's a win, and I'll take the win. We'll take the win. But once Bell, once that happened with Bell, and he threw it away, um, you knew Arias was going to do something, uh, and uh, he did obviously. And uh, huge trip. I mean, I could go on and on about every one of those guys in the lineup. Fortez, good at bat against a tough left, uh, a, a tough sinker ball in Holmes. And um, again, I just uh, you know I could I could sit here forever talking about these guys. It's good. Both those guys, Bell and Berger. You know, I think they've reached base in every, except for like one game, I think every game that they've been so far. Just into a little bit more about just what they've brought to kind of, and what they've helped to get this team kind of going again after that rough patch after the break. Uh, I mean, they're hitting the ball as hard as anybody in the league, uh, first and foremost. And the the bell at bats are, if he doesn't get a hit, at least he's taking a really good at bat and he's walking as well. I mean, he's taking really good at bats. Um, even if he doesn't make outs, he may, he's may, or get hits, he's making the guy work out there. Berger's just he consistently takes really good at bats. He's driving the ball all over the ballpark. Uh, you know, right center, center down the line to left uh, with authority. I mean, his outs are 113. His line drives are 113. I mean, he's he's crushing the ball. His defense is never talked about. Um, I guess that's a good thing. We know when you're, you don't talk about your defense, um, but I just. Uh, what they brought is like uh, some leadership, some new energy, um, the work ethic, uh, all that. I mean, they again, they check. Every, I'm not a big like check the box guy, but th- when you're thinking about like the guy that you're trying to acquire to get yourself to the playoffs, and then also bring into a, a culture where you're trying to build a, like a winning, sustainable culture from from not just this year, but for the next couple years. These guys are those guys. Those are the guys that you want to put inside that clubhouse, and uh, we're, I'm grateful that uh, our front office acquired those two. Had a lot of wild games. You mentioned it, but just where does this one, in terms of whether it's improbable or just, you know, at some point you guys had kind of switched out guys earlier in the game. Like Cole started it, you know, like just, just where... Yeah, well, we switched out guys to get to get offense. <laughs> so it's not like we just were giving up. We were trying. We were continuing to play the game. Um, yeah, Garrett is. I mean, th- that stuff is crazy good. Um, Ninety-seven top of the zone, throwing hundred miles an hour. Some pitches um, had his cutter working, which you know we saw uh, the previous game uh, against the White Sox that he was using a little bit more. But until you get in the box, you don't realize how good it is. Um, yeah, I mean he's one of the best pitchers in the game and. Um, but for us to get to the bullpen, um, I, I guess what you're asking, when did I? Well, I mean, like, you know, Yuri didn't have his best stuff. You give up, like, five steals, some ugly play, you know, for the There's no doubt. Run. So, yeah, let's get, let's go to that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got exposed today by a good team. 
and um, we haven't been exposed like that in a while and they just expose stuff that we have to clean up. Um, and if we want to get to where we want to get to, especially the teams we're about to play, that that team is really well coached and um, and they expose they expose weaknesses and we got exposed again. We haven't been exposed in a while, especially the second half. Um, as far as the stolen bases are concerned, um, that was uh, that wasn't good. Um, and so the messaging that falls on me, that falls on, uh, you know, the the messaging and, you know, for the group that we got to clean that up because those guys scored. Uh, easy, those are easy runs. We don't put our we put ourselves in that position, unfortunately. Um, so we do have to clean that up. The Yuri stuff, I um, I just think there's just a couple balls in the middle of the plate that he probably wanted back. Um, the Stanton, you know, kind of uh, slider that just kind of sat there um, three two, and um, you know the the homer was just kind of middle of the plate. So I I just think that there's just some location stuff. He's still building back. Um, so you have to kind of think about him also of like not I don't want people to think that he's just going to be who he was right when he comes back uh, when he left um, he's still going to it's going to take a couple starts before you see him and um, it's also not fair because he was on a roll when he when he was uh, shut down so um, you know it's going to take some time for him to, to get back to where he is and um, everything is still there the characteristics all of that is still there so you know I'm, I'm not worried about him it's one thing if it was you know he's throwing 90 miles an hour but he's still throwing 100 miles an hour so he's going to be fine but the base running stuff from a bullpen we know we got to clean up puck and lopez were outstanding today um and kept us where we i didn't think you know kept us where we want to be at seven to two or three whatever it was so um but yeah it was uh that stuff we got to clean up along those same lines uh, early on in the game you took a trip out the mound to talk to to yuri was it a re- about those same things about the base running and uh um, just I thought I saw some stuff that um, you know that maybe they were looking at knowing what pitch was coming. So I just wanted to make sure we were cleaning some stuff up and um, identified. We saw some stuff from the dugout. They're really good at it over there. Um, so I didn't want to wait till you know a three spot or something happened. So I just go and address it. I don't I don't wait. You mentioned the <clears throat> coming back early in the year serves as a confidence boost. You know for situations like this one. But a win like this one, how valuable is at this point um, going forward, knowing that, yes, it, it still can be possible to come back after those? Well, we've come back the whole year. We've had these yeah. we've had these comebacks all year long. I think last road trip shows you, you know, what kind of – that's our brand of baseball. I've said that in Cincinnati. shows you, like, you know, we, we are still that team. We haven't done it in a while. Um, you know, we hit kind of a, a losing, uh, you know, a skid or whatever you want to call it, but we're still that team that has enough firepower in that lineup to make comebacks, and our bullpen is really good still. Keep us in the game. Let them come back, and they did that in Cincinnati. They did it again here today um, against a really good team. Cincinnati's a really good team as well. Um, so again, like I, winning a series, this series was big, especially in front of that huge crowd. And the whole weekend to win a series um, with a hundred thousand fans was was really important for for us. Is there anything that you want to take from this series that you saw that the team did well ahead of the series against another good team, obviously starting tomorrow in Houston? What do I take away from it? Like positives that you would wish the team would further implement in that upcoming series against another very good team. I thought we were better with runners in scoring position, especially in that last inning. Um, Not so much the innings before that, but um, 
I, I think that to show like that those are real high leverage pressure situations. So there's, you shouldn't have pressure on yourself when you're in the fourth and fifth inning to drive a guy in. Just take your bat, pass a baton like Dela did today. Um, so I, that's the takeaway is they were don't give away at bats. Um, don't give in when you're pitching uh, to some big name hitters or whatever the name is on their back because uh, you're going to start seeing those names when you face them. And I think that you know these guys are, know who they are. They believe who they are. They believe they can beat good teams. Um, and moving forward, that that was a big win in Cincinnati the last day. And I think we just are building that momentum. Um, and hopefully, we can continue with this homestand. I got a chance to catch up with Luis Arise, who ripped the triple to tie this ball game up. He was emotional. He was fiery. He was Luis Arise. Luis. How does this team continue to fight? You score five here in the ninth and come all the way back. Hey, we just need to continue to play hard like that. We never give up. We just come here and enjoy the game. And look, look the result. When I see we put a 4-7 and then I got my, my, my chance to get at bat, I say we got something to do and then I made a triple and then look, we win, we win. You're down 0-2 in that count to Holmes. What were you sitting on? What were you looking for? Oh, I just tried to pull one play. I just tried to put him in play, and then he threw me inside sinker, and then I hit to the line. How proud are you of this team, Luis? A lot, a lot. We are family. We are. We we have amazing thing. We just need to keep continue play like that. We just need to keep continue, and then we get a lot of results. Great job, Luis. I appreciate the time, brother. Thank you. All right, Kyle. All right, we're right back at it. We got a date with the World Series champion, Houston. Astros. It's going to be a 6:40 first pitch, which means I've got Marlins on deck at 6:10. As always, we hope you can join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.